Hey everyone, and welcome to Wandering Adventures. I am your host, The Wandering Witch, and I'm so excited to be able to bring you guys this podcast every single week and bring you all of the news and tips and tricks that are coming to you, not just in theme parks, but around the world of travel in itself, between concerts, food festivals, you name it, we want to bring you guys the news. So if you ever have a request, please drop it in our comments below or go to our website at navigatingadventuretravel.com and submit a topic request on our website. Um, We would love to hear from you guys. We'd love to hear feedback. We want to make this podcast for you, our audience. So please, if you have any feedback for us, please bring it to us. In that sense, let's just dive into housekeeping for the agency. Why not? We have lots of new and exciting things that have happened over the past couple days and weeks, and we are so thrilled. One of our agents recently just got um, fully uh, certified in Royal Caribbean and not with just the basic certification. She got her full master's and bachelor's quote unquote degrees in Royal Caribbean certification. So congrats to our agency owner, Lindsay. We are so, so proud of you and you are only setting the groundwork for us as agents to follow in your footsteps. And we are so thrilled to be part of your agency and just navigate this adventure with you and our friends and families as well. So congrats, Lindsay. That is super exciting and very rewarding. And we are just so thrilled with you. Other news, we've got some new vendors that we have paired up with. We have officially been approved by Universal. So if you have a Universal trip you've been looking at planning, go ahead and reach out to one of your favorite agents through the agency and we will get you set up with that. We have our sandals vendor now that we are all registering with and be able to give you those in all-inclusive beach vacations where you can have just some one-on-one time, a girl's trip, whatever it may be. We are super, super thrilled about that. So now I guess it's time. Maybe we should shift things a little bit and let's dive all right into Disney news because there is a lot of Disney news. We have a lot to cover. So with Disney news, first things first, we have Toontown reopening. Toontown just reopened on March 19th and we are so excited. I have had the opportunity to be in Toontown when Mickey's and Minnie's Runaway Railroad, Runaway Railroad, I always say that one's Runaway Railway, um, opened in January for the 100 Year of Wonder kickoff. And I was super, super excited for that. So now that I have gotten to see more and more pictures and videos of the rest of Toontown, I can give you guys full descriptions of everything that is new to the area. There are a few things that have stuck around, like Roger Rabbit's tune car, our cartoon ride, that is still there. Um, His little fountain is no longer there, which makes me really sad because Roger Rabbit is one of my childhood um, go-tos. So, but I'm so happy that his ride is still there and they did not remove that. But so we're gonna just navigate through Toontown as if you were just coming right up the walkway and then you can just picture it for yourselves 
in a say. Um, so as you're coming underneath the bridge where the train crossing is right next to Small World, you're going to walk up that little bit of a hill like you always have into Toontown. And as you come up to Toontown, you're going to see Toontown right in front of you. And off to your right is a big green grassy area. And I've noticed that that has become a huge stroller parking area, but there is also another strolling depot that is right there next to Roger Rabbit's cartoon ride. And from what I've been told, you can actually go over to the quote unquote stroller depot area, which is a building that they have um, the doors opening on. And you can actually talk to a cast member and give it them your t stroller and they'll give you a ticket, kind of like a valet service in a sense, to put your stroller in the shade inside the building, um, which is kind of nice because then you don't have to worry about people rummaging through your stroller. If it's outside, then it's not getting hot sitting in the sun. If it's raining, it's not sitting in the rain. You kind of get the idea. So that is right as you walk straight in to your right-hand side. Um, right there as well is going to be your Roger Rabbit, which we all love and adore. And then as you work your way around, you're going to find the Toon Town Jail, the post office, the fire department, all of that building is still there. The gag factory building is still put there. They, you can't go into the gag factory anymore, but it is still part of the buildings that are right there. And as you make your way around, you're going to then come across Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway, which super fun if you've not made your way to Disneyland. I highly recommend you going and riding that ride is such a grand time and then as we work our way around we're actually going to work our way to what is going to be called the arts district which is going to be between the el capitoon theater and then between good boy grocer and in that area is like a big i want to say like a u-shaped section and in there is going to be cafe daisy the um good boy grocer and then in the middle is an actual big section where it's just tables and chairs with umbrellas and whatnot so you can sit and enjoy your food that you got at cafe daisy or good boy grocer now cafe daisy is going to be your mobile ordering restaurant they're super easy to go foods. The, the lineup on that menu is phenomenal from the pizza flop over, mini corn dogs to the new, and I'm gonna give you the full description on this, the new mudslide cold brew with a sea salt caramel and whipped cream. Talk about delicious, right? And then if you go right past Cafe Daisy, you're actually gonna find Good Boy Grocer. And I'm sure if you're a Disney lover like the rest of us, you have already seen the pictures of the picnic basket with like the Mickey hand and all that that you can get. And it's got snacks and stuff like that. And the fabulous Mickey blanket. This is where you're going to be able to get that. The menu item here is very tiny um, of a selection, but this is where that is going to be at. Now, if we go around the corner from here, you're actually going to like, we're just, we're just going to kind of, we're working our way around Toontown in like a big circle. So we started up the rail and we're working our way on the right and we're going to come all the way around and come back down the left side. So we've done Good Boy Grocery and Cafe Daisy. So we're going to work our way around now. And on the other side of this is actually going to be a big gate. And up behind the big gate on the hillside, you can actually see Walt's 
barn up in the hills um, between Minnie's house and this gate. So the Walt's barn is actually just a tribute to Walt because he had a big red barn and whatnot. So it's nice to see his barn feature there in Toontown. And then while you're there at Minnie's house, you're going to actually be able to meet Minnie there on her front porch and do your meet and greet and hug her, which is such a great feeling that character interaction with your children, not even just children, adults too, because let's be honest, character interaction is the best. Now, if we move past Minnie's house, we're actually going to move over to Mickey Mouse. And Mickey this year now is actually in a very new laid back outfit. He's wearing like a black jean jacket hoodie. It's got some yellow lining. He's got his sneakers. He is like, honestly, he looks like he's coming out of the 90s, ready to just go shoot some hoops and hang out with his friends. So... Again, if you want to meet Mickey, go to Toontown, meet Mickey on his porch, just like Minnie Mouse. Their side-by-side -side houses are right next to each other, so you're not going to miss them from each other. Now, also, with meet and greets for Toontown, we have two, yes, you heard that right, two new characters that have come to Disneyland. The first one I'm going to talk about is one I feel hasn't gotten very much love for yet, so we're going to talk about Miss Clarabelle, the cow. We don't have an actual location spot for her in Toontown where she does meet and greets because with characters anymore, they don't typically just stay in one location. They kind of do this. We're just going to walk around. And if you are with them, then you get to just kind of wander around with them. So I think that's what Clarabelle is going to be doing as well in Toontown. I mean, I'm sure she'll be popping in with Goofy and Pluto. I'm sure they will have a whole lineup for that. Now, our next character that has is making his very, very first park appearance is going to be Pete. Yes. We all love Pete. He made his first Disney appearance in 1925 in an Alice comedy called um, Alice Solves the Puzzle. And back then he was known as Bootleg Pete. Um, again, same with Pete. We don't know an exact meeting spot for him, but we know that he's in Toontown and we're super, super excited about that. So after Mickey and Minnie's, we are going to move around past Mickey's house and we're actually going to go to the old Chippendale Treehouse location. Yes, I know the Chippendale Treehouse is no longer, but to be honest, if you're an adult, it was really hard to climb up in there to chase after your children. I mean, don't get me wrong, Tarzan's Treehouse has been fun and whatnot and that's kind of got like some some tight spaces but Chippendale's treehouse was such a tight-knit area that it was so hard for parents to be able to go up into to go after their children if something were to happen so it's kind of it's kind of a love-hate thing that they got rid of it but what's really cool is there actually used to be a ball pit in the treehouse and they actually are utilizing that ball pit area now for popcorn park and this is actually going to be the perfect area for a quiet picnic it's a nice big shaded covered area it's in the back corner of toontown away from all the hustle and bustle from everything and it's really nice. There's lots of benches underneath the, in there. There's um, a popcorn cart that is parked right out front 
of it, but you'll be able to get popcorn and drinks and whatnot and just go and enjoy the shade. Get out of the rain if it's raining and you're in Toontown. Just somewhere to enjoy so quiet. Now, as we go past Popcorn Park, we're actually going to go over to Chippendale's Gadget Coaster now. Now, with this, it used to be Gadget's Go Coaster. They've changed it. But it is still based on the films and shows from the 90s and early 2000s Rescue Rangers. So you're actually going to be able to see Gadget on the, um, the base, at the base, not on, <laughs> at the base of the lift hill as you're going up right as you come out of the loading depot. So you're going to be able to see Gadget as she's, you know, getting ready to take you up the the lift hill because this whole coaster was originally her idea and she's got her little blueprints right there so you can see them as you're gonna swirl through this ride it's only a 20 second ride of a roller coaster so it's a really short roller coaster ride but it is a really fun roller coaster ride especially for a child's first roller coaster i would highly recommend riding this one um you're gonna go under chip shooting water into a teacup that's going to land on Dale's head and then what's really cool is as you come back into the loading depot and you disembark from your car you're actually going to go out to your right and as you're exiting right above the exit is a huge ranger rescue a rescue ranger symbol I got a tongue tied there for a second so it's really cool to see that now as we move past Chippendale's gadget coaster we're going to actually come down and we're going to see Donald's Duck Pond. Now Donald's Duck Pond actually is a big interactive house that you've been able, always been able to go into. Um, it's Donald Duck's house and whatnot. Now they've added some new features where there's some water tables. You've got water that squirts out of the ground. There's some balance beams for the kids to play on. There's spinning water lily chairs. Daisy's on the front of the boat. The area is like a big splash pad. If you were to go to your local splash pad, the, the ground has that nice, soft, spongy material so that it's not hard concrete or a hard anything for you to land on. And then what's really cool about Donald's boat itself is you're able to see Huey, Louie, and Dewey, and Webby in the portholes of the boats as the boat is filling with water. So on the side of the boat, you're gonna be able to play with these interactive things that are actually gonna help you drain the boat. So you'll be able to watch the water draining down so that Huey, Louie, and Dewey, and Webby, and all them are actually you know, coming back down to a level where there's not water and they're not gonna drown in a sense. Um, it's a really neat experience. And then uh, that area actually is a huge, has a huge um, feature that parents are going to love. It is gated. So if you don't want your child to get wet, you don't have to let them in that area. So if they're overplaying at Goofy's How to Play Yard, which we're going to discuss here in a second, they cannot access Donald Duck's pond without coming out of Goofy's How to Play Yard and going around and through an actual gate to the water area. So you're going to see them go to the water now, Goofy's How to Play Yard. This area is phenomenal. They have done so much with this, and I am so excited with how accessible this area has become. 
all of Toontown, in fact, is very, very accessible. They made it very wheelchair accessible in so many spots. And I really, really appreciate this. And I know a lots of families will as well, because this is a huge thing that we need. So Goofy's How to Play Yard has one entrance and exit, just like Donald's Duck Pond. Um, they're separated areas. There's actually going to be right in front of Goofy's house are like chalk drawings on the ground that look like little children have gone and drawn them. But it's actually Imagineers that went and draw, drew them with paint and whatnot and made them, you know, permanent on the ground, but that they look like a child's drawing. Um, and then as you go to your left, you're going to cross over this bridge. And as you cross over this bridge, every step you take, the bridge makes a different creaking sound based on the amount of weight in certain areas. So if you've got three or four people running across it, it's going to, you know, whatever. It's a really cool, fun, interactive way for children, adults, everyone to involve with it. Um, as you cross over, there's going to be some really cool stepping tones that you can step on. Um, they're supposed to be interactive. There's a cute little birdhouse and there's supposed to be something in the birdhouses as well that's interactive, but we haven't seen what that is. Now, let me talk about something I think is phenomenal for this area because Toontown is aimed at toddlers. We are really excited though, because with it being and at toddlers, you're actually able to, you know, do things with your children that you wouldn't be able to do in a normal theme park, you know, jungle gyms, that kind of stuff. So with Goofy's How to Play Yard, you're actually going to have these slides now, and there's three. You're going to have two straight slides, and then you're going to have a wavy slide. But what's really cool about the slides is they're the roller slides, and with the roller slides, they actually... um are those little like rolly ball bars so that you don't get stuck on a slide. So it keeps you moving down. But what's really neat is when you get to the bottom of the slides, there's actually these really long benches now that are for children that require um, their wheelchair. So you can actually, what's really cool with the slides is also is you can take your wheelchair all the way from the bottom of the slide to the top because there is space at the top for wheelchair accessibility for children to be able to go down the slides. And then, so you get to the top, you get your child set up on the slide, and then they can slide down on one of the two slides or one of the three slides that they've choose. And at the bottom, there's like this really long bench that they can slide down onto. And when they get down to the bottom, they just go onto the bench and then slide over and out of the way. That way, it's a consistent rotating motion of kids sliding and playing and whatnot. But then they're not in the way waiting for their wheelchair. They can just, you know, scoot over to the side and then you know, continue to have fun, which is a really, really neat feature that they have added. I love that. Um, also in the same yard, you're going to have the, some of Donald's boat. And with that, there's going to be those interactive things where you can drain the water for Huey, Dewey, and Louie and Webby and whatnot. That's such a really fun feature. Now, as we come on the outside of Goofy's How to Play Yard, right in the front, there's actually going to be the new Toontown Fountain. Now, it's huge. It's big. It's wet. 
Yes, you heard me right. It's wet. This is going to be another water area. This one is not um, gated per se. This is just a, you're going to have to pay attention. This is just a huge fountain and it has multi-levels of water play. Features uh, like the flower squirt water, the lilies do things. There's there's all kinds of different features. I don't know all of them because I haven't got to witness it yet, but I do know that the programming for the fountain is approximately a 30-minute runtime, and then at nighttime, you get a night sh light show added to it as well, and that is phenomenal from what I have seen on pictures and videos and whatnot. So exciting. So now we are going to work our way back towards the beginnings of Toontown. And as we're exiting Toontown on our right-hand side now, which to our left, as we're coming back down that little bit of a hill to come towards It's a Small World, you're actually going to come upon Walt's Dreaming Tree. And this is actually going to be an area that was inspired by Walt's Dreaming Tree in Marceline, Missouri, which is where he was... Um, raised at his boyhood home and what's really cool is the roots of the tree are um like a jungle gym so kids can climb all over them the ground is hilly and everything so you kind of feel like you're in the hills of missouri itself um this area is actually handicap capable uh, accessible as well so it's really exciting to see how they have intertwined all of these features together to make it more fitting for everybody's families. And of course, what kind of trip would it be without food at the Disneyland Resort, especially at Easter time? And of course, Disneyland released their Easter foodie guide. So why not take a hop through that food menu and see what new things that are there that might entice you to try while you're at the parks? So of course, Jolly Holiday Bakery Cafe, one of my favorite restaurants and go-tos, easy mobile ordering and whatnot, has a sandwich, and it's going to be a tuna sandwich, and it's going to give you an option of chips. It's a tuna salad, lettuce, and tomato on a brioche bun, and we all know how I feel about brioche buns, and then you're going to have house-made chips with it as well, and we all know Disney chips are delicious. Of course, Candy Palace is going to have their famous Easter eggs that are chocolate and peanut butter flavors. They're going to have the bunny cake pops that they're famous for, the bunny rice crispy treats, and of course, the strawberry Mickey wand. Now, of course, we're going to jump across the promenade over to California Adventure, and we're going to make our way to Smoker Jumper's Grill because who does not want to start their Easter vacation off with a fresh, basket of fish and chips. They're going to be beer battered local rockfish and crinkle cut french fries with a romelade, a slaw, and a lime. And then there's even a kid's version of this now. Of course, you're going to have the same type of sweet treats as we did at Candy Palace down at Bing Bongs and at the Trolley Treats. And then of course, the Grand Californian Hotel and Spa always has goodies. The Grand California Hotel Craftsman and Grill has a Mickey Mouse shaped Easter donut this year and then they're going to have a bunny cupcake and those things are adorable. But what's really cool about the Grand California Hotel is they have a holiday cart that has specially 
homemade treats that you don't normally find anywhere else. So this year there's a carrot cake loaf, there's an Easter cookie treat box, and then they're even gonna have a waffle cookie shot with the choice of milk, chocolate milk, strawberry milk, and then if you're over the age of 21, there's even an alcoholic beverage. Now, of course, we're talking Easter. So Storytellers Cafe is obviously gonna have their famous Easter brunch or dinner buffet joined with your favorite Disney pals. So make sure that you check out the menu to make sure that there are things that are gonna be on the menu for those dates. That you're gonna like and of course goofy's kitchen at the disneyland hotel is gonna have their famous easter brunch and dinner as well same thing goes for the menu don't forget to check downtown disney for your favorite snacks down at marceline's uh confectionery that is the go-to if you do not have a disneyland ticket or california adventure ticket to be able to pick up some sweet treats that are in the parks and this year they're going to actually have the bunny cake pop the bunny rice crispy treat and the strawberry mickey one on top of their normal day-to-day -day snacks so make sure if you don't have a ticket to get into the parks that you hit the downtown disney district to get your goodies and shopping on now let's continue with our disneyland news and let's go on down to the disneyland hotel they now have the new dvc which is the disney vacation club villas that are going to be opening this september they're actually able to be reserved now for after september you know 28th when they open so if you want to start booking rooms for the holiday season i highly recommend reach out to your agent because these rooms and villas are going quickly there are four different types of villas to choose from so i just want to go over those really quick there's the duo and that's just going to be perfect for like a husband and wife girlfriend boyfriend just two people girls night whatever a deluxe is going to be like two queen beds and then you're going to go into a one and two bedrooms and you know obviously you're gonna have more beds more people to accommodate can't talk today you guys and then you're going to have the grand villa which is the top of the top this is a two-story villa it is a three bedroom full kitchen you get balconies or a patio they this villa is like phenomenal to choose from so like i said these opened already for reserving and if you have had your heart set on staying at a dvc villa this is the time to book them these are the first of their kind at the disneyland resort and we are so excited to see what more they're going to bring to disneyland now that we're getting some love that we've been needing desperately at disneyland so we're super excited about these and we can't wait to help you guys book these amazing villas for your families and your friends, especially when it comes to a holiday season. Who wouldn't want to have a vacation away from home and be like in a home away from home at Disney? I know I would. And of course, in Disneyland fashion, we have some sad news, and that is going to be the actual closure date of a popular downtown Disney restaurant, and that's going to be Cattell. Um, this is going to be your Mediterranean-inspired restaurant that overlooks the promenade, um, and it has an outdoor bar, the Uva, Uve Bar and Cafe, 
I never pronounce things right. You guys should know that by now. This place offers you small bites, beer, signature cocktails, that kind of stuff. Um, it's a second story open terrace. It provides you the vantage po point to view fireworks and whatnot. But this place is actually going to be closing for new restaurants to be coming to downtown Disney. Um, and we actually got a closing date. And this date is actually going to be April 9th. Um, if you've had the opportunity to eat here, then you know the food is really, really good. The drinks are made perfectly. And the atmosphere is phenomenal. So we are really sad to see this go. But we're really excited for what it's bringing. And we can't wait for all the other new changes for Downtown Disney. Now, with this one closing it is actually going to be replaced by michelin starred chef gaten's paseo and centrico paseo and centrico the two mexican restaurants replacing Catel, are what are going to be put in there um and it is a multi-sensory journey to the heart of chef gaten's homeland so we're really excited to see what that brings they made these announcements at d23 so we can't wait now, let's jump on over to Walt Disney World, shall we? Now, Walt Disney World, we already have seen the 50th decor being removed from Disney World, with it fully ending March 31st. Um, we kind of anticipated that they would start removing decorations and whatnot. Um, they've had 18 months of a celebration, which is a really fun, you know, year and a half long celebration for things um but for some of you who've already been to disney world and whatnot and been able to experience the decor during the celebration the two giant golden 50s that had previously sat on the grass next to cinderella's castle moat those are now gone um they've already started switching out the decor on the trash cans and um i've noticed on some decor on banners and whatnot. So things are slowly but changing. But with sad news of decor being removed comes good news of decor being added. Now, we don't have an official date as to when the stuff will be happening, but we know later this year, Epcot will become the host for the Disney 100 celebration for Disney World. Um, they have shared that they will commemorate this big milestone this year sometime. And we don't, like I said, we don't have an official timeline. But they did let us know that guests are going to be able to celebrate this anniversary at Epcot in a few different ways. You're going to be able to meet Mickey and Minnie in their platinum outfits, which we've seen those at Disneyland and they're phenomenal. So we're super, super excited to see them at World as well. And then there's actually going to be the new statue of Walt Disney coming to Epcot itself. And this is going to be at the World Celebration area. And it is a phenomenal statue. I was lucky to see it at D23. And it's actually Walt himself sitting and... Oh, it's beautiful. I will be uploading a video to my TikTok and Instagram reels. So if you have not seen what it looks like, make sure you are following me and our agency pages because we'll share it there as well. So you can see what this statue looks like. So you'll be able to snap a selfie with it and be able to commemorate this celebration with that as well.
Now, who's ready for some light cycle runs? I know I'm ready to power on the grid, jump on my light cycle, and let's go, baby. Because let's, let's ride our way over to Magic Kingdom and jump into the soft opening that they started for the Tron light cycle run. Uh, hello, why have we not gotten this at land yet? Because Disneyland definitely needs this ride. Um, this ride is actually gonna open to the general public on April 4th, which is really exciting. But here's the things that you guys need to know. With the soft opening from March 20th to April 2nd, again, at Magic Kingdom, you're gonna only be able to join the ride via virtual queue to secure your spot. And with that, guests are gonna need to use their My Disney Experience app to enter that attraction queue. And then you're only gonna be able to ride the ride once per day via virtual queue until it is opened to non-being just virtual queue or lightning lane. Um, and lightning lane, again, you're gonna pay for that individually more than likely every day. Um, and go from there. So there's gonna be two ways once this opens, I'm sure, to the public that you'll be able to write it more than once in a day. And it's gonna be virtual queue if you're lucky enough to secure yourself a spot and then a lightning lane if you're willing to put up the cash and buy yourself one. So if you've not made your way to Walt Disney World to ride Tron for this soft opening, definitely make sure you get down there for once it opens to the general public because this ride is going to blow your socks off. I cannot wait. Uh, Tron is definitely one of my favorite, favorite, favorite rides I have seen Disney ever build, let alone the movies. So I'm super excited for this new movie that they're going to be coming out with, with Jared Leto and whatnot. We can't wait. Now, of course, we're talking Walt Disney World, so why not shift it a little bit to food, right? We're talking Easter foods. Easter's literally just a few weeks away. I'm talking two and a half, three weeks at max. So, Walt Disney World has released their Easter foodie guide, and I have a few uh, menu items that just grabbed me and went, you need to talk about these because holy cannoli, they sound phenomenal. So we're going to start right in with the Easter chocolate Donald egg and Easter chocolate Daisy egg. They're chocolate Easter eggs decorated to look like Donald and Daisy duck. They're brand new, but they're so stinking cute. I cannot get over how adorable they are. And then there's a hummingbird cake this year that's brand new, and it is a cake with pineapple, banana, and pecans drizzled with a caramel icing on top. Um, I saw the picture of that thing. Oh, holy baloney. Phenomenal looking. And then we have a five-legged goat cookie. I know. I said goat. Like, goat. This is a citrus-scented, gluten-free sugar cookie with an edible image of a five-legged goat on it. So you're gonna have a picture of a goat that has five legs on it on top of your cookie. Like when you go to the grocery store grocery store, and you have a cake made with the edible picturing on it, same concept, but on a cookie. And then here's another one that really just like, hmm, okay. An Easter ganache pop, all right? 
strawberry ganache pop enrobed in dark chocolate. So, I mean, you kind of got like your, your Valentine's-y feeling of chocolate-covered strawberries, but it's, I'm going to say it's probably on a stick, you know, strawberry on a stick dipped in some chocolate. Phenomenal. Now, this is my favorite one that I saw, and I really hope that Disneyland has this at our Dole Whip stand, because if not, I will be very sad and really want to try this. It is Dole Whip Raspberry with cotton candy soft serve, jelly beans, raspberry sauce, strawberry boba, whipped cream, and waffle chips. Now the waffle chips are like a waffle cone just diced up into like chip pieces. But tell me that doesn't sound amazing. It's like a nachos mid-afternoon. I mean, maybe take the jelly beans out because that might be a little weird with like cotton candy and the Dole Whip. But I don't know. It's Disney. Disney is phenomenal when it comes to flavors. So I don't doubt their flavor making capabilities when it comes to this. Now... I want to go ahead and just dive into our next area, which is not actually Disney, but it's another festival that is currently going on until April 16th, and it's at another theme park in Southern California, which is really exciting because it's known for its gardening skills, if you would say. So we are talking about Knott's Berry Farm. They actually have the Boysenberry Festival going on now. And you can get a, like a food pass, dining pass ticket thing for $55, which is separate from your park admission fees. And you're going to be able to try foods and whatnot with it. And what's really cool is you're going to have local crafters, live music, musical stages. There's activities for all ages to enjoy. And there's even a petting zoo. And when I mean local crafters, I even mean local breweries and diners and stuff like that. So for me, I'm lucky because one of my own hometown local breweries actually makes soda pop and alcoholic beverages. And they have soda pop that is at Knott's Berry Farm made right here in my own town. So it's really exciting to be able to go down there and be like, hey, that's from my home. I know the owner who made that. So let me tell you guys a few um, menu items that I saw though that were just like, whoa. So we got a boysenberry barbecue meatball pizza, which looked phenomenal because it's just like a barbecue meatball pizza with like a boysenberry drizzly sauce in it. Ooh, it looked phenomenal. And if you've never had like a boysenberry syrup on like your pancakes, you need to like have a harsh reality check because that stuff is phenomenal. Now the next one is sounding pretty amazing for a hot summer day. It's a boysenberry mango and boysenberry cucumber lemonade. Um, where's the ice chips for this? Because I want to be by the pool drinking that. And then you're going to have an elote with a boysenberry butter mayo and cotiga cheese probably butchered that and i apologize for any foodies that are listening i am not proud of butchering food names my husband will probably kill me and then last but not least on my menu for them was some chicken wings with a boysenberry and sweet chili glaze um i am a huge wings fan 
And I'll be honest, some of the best wings of my life have been peanut butter and jelly wings. So this boysenberry and sweet chili glaze just really excites me. Like makes me want my husband to go and make it for me. It was phenomenal. And then, oh, last one, because your girl loves her potatoes, okay? You can catch me eating french fries, baked potato, mashed potato, potato curds, potato, 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 potato. I love me some potatoes, okay? And it's going to be a loaded potato bowl, and this is where it's a little weird, with a boysenberry cheese sauce, okay? I don't know about a boysenberry cheese sauce. That's a little, a little weird for my taste buds, but, uh... I like it and I'm kind of excited to say that it would be very interesting to try. Now let's go ahead and dive into an area of the podcast where we've never adventured to before. Are you ready for it? I know I am. It's time to talk sports. So let's talk baseball. We were actually lucky to have an agent go to the Angels and Padres training camp this past week and experience it with her family. So I have a quick overview for you guys on the fun that she had and the different activities that you can do in the area when you're at a training camp. So what's really cool about the Padres stadium is there is actually a playground and splash pad there. So you're able to go and do things with your kids when you're not sitting just at the gate, right? You're going to have a big grassy area for families to be able to go and enjoy. And if you brought lunch with you and you left it in the car, it's probably a great space for you to just go and enjoy a picnic midday, stretch your legs, get out, it's all kinds of fun stuff. This is a really great opportunity as well if you are into any kind of sport, honestly, to join, um, get tickets, whatever, to go to a training camp, baseball, football, soccer, you name it. I know every sport has their own training camps, and this is a great way for you to be able to make players, get their autographs, get to talk to them, interact, etc. It's such a fun way for you guys to spend time together as a family, but, you know, enjoy sports together too. So, What's really cool is the stadiums are all spread out throughout and teams and locations are everywhere. So you're going to be able to travel all over if you're, you know, following a specific team or just the the league that you're following in itself. Um, what's really cool, though, when you go to these kinds of places in the areas, there are aquariums, there's museums, there's parks, there's all kinds of things to do in the towns and cities of these stadiums. So make sure that if you're traveling somewhere, you look or reach out to your agent to have them help you find stuff in that city that you guys can do as a family, because we can help you find things that you would never even know what to look for. Oh, and then don't forget, tickets to these kinds of things are typically very, very reasonably priced. So it's very easy for you to be able to go as a family, especially larger families, to be able to enjoy things like this. I hope this week's episode brought you up to date with all the news and all the exciting things that are happening around the parks and other places you can go when you're not just traveling to Disney. So if you guys have any questions, please feel free to reach out and... Thanks again, you guys, for listening to this week's episode of Wandering Adventures. We are so thrilled you guys were able to tune in, and 
we can't wait to share more tips and tricks with you guys. Um, we want to end this week's episode with our quote of the week, and it is, we travel not to escape life, but for life not to escape us. And that is an anonymous quote. So we hope that you guys enjoy our weekly quotes, let alone our weekly podcast. And we can't wait to hear what topic requests that you guys have for us next. Thanks, guys. <laughs>